0: Welcome back or welcome to the Humans of Triathlon or HOT podcast where we bring you the ordinary but extraordinary world of triathlon one human one story at a time with the aim to inspire and to celebrate this life-changing sport and its humans through real authentic raw and enjoyable conversations with humans of triathlon from around the globe and from all walks of life.
1: Humans of Triathlon, welcome to another fantastic episode of our hot podcast. Here we are again hijacking the headquarters. This is Charles Honk speaking, and I have the, the beautiful and awesome Sheila 311 from Greensby, Ontario, Canada with me as well. And we have, as usual, a fantastic out of this world guest.
2: All right. So we can all identify with the person whose career has led them down the path of inactivity and an unhealthy lifestyle. I myself often picture the person as a gentleman in his mid-50s carrying around an extra 20 or 30 pounds of extra weight, (laughs) maybe still smoking, you know, he's got a coffee in his hand. But what if this was you at the age of 30, already in health harm's way? knowing you need to do something about it. However, the motivation hasn't quite come. The inspiration to care for oneself can come in many places and in many ways. And today's guest, whose uncle was a sufferer from Parkinson's disease, unable to swim, bike, run himself, watched the Ironman with our guests on TV, the World Championships, and said, that would be fun. This was the motivation our guest needed to get started to take care of his health. Another tragedy uh, tragedy hit not long after when a family member was murdered, leading our guest to race and fundraise also on his behalf. Since this time, our guest has done 11 Ironman races, and he has just one more to reach the legacy program for Ironman. This will get him to that race in Kona for himself, for his uncle, for his cousin, and to inspire others for healthy living and creating a life that's worth doing. So please welcome our guest today, Ryan Lastimosa.
0: Hey. Thank you for having me.
2: Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Hope I was right on that. I looked on your Instagram for number 11, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, number 11 was... Uh... All right man Cork uh, a few weeks ago wow I'm I'm actually uh, uh very very touched by that intro you you guys did your research and uh you know I've never never heard it come from another person before but I'm definitely uh flattered very flattered <laughs> thank you Oh well
2: we're really happy to have you on
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me too. Like when you guys approached me, I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. These, these guys are awesome. I love, I love humans of, of triathlon. So, uh, thank you. Yeah. Great, great to be here. Great to be here. You guys are awesome people. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, it's, 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 uh, it's an honor to have you here and, uh, very glad to tell uh, all these stories of all the athletes that we've had so far. And, uh, and I think yours is also an amazing one and definitely, Super, super worthy of being told. So, thank you for coming. And here we are to tell, to start with a tale. So, as we usually do, Ryan, um, we take, you know, a typical DeLorean with Dr. Uh, Emmett Brown. We go back in time, <laughs> you know, and we say, let's go back to the, I'm not sure if it's 1985, like in a movie or a little bit before, or after, but it's just, uh, let's go to your childhood, you know, and sort of, understand who Ryan is, where does he come from, how did he live as a child, and then take us from there?
0: Oh, we're going way back. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, I uh, grew up in a uh, Filipino-American home in San Diego. Uh, my mom is, uh, or she was in the medical industry, my dad, uh, he was in the Navy. They they divorced when I was seven. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, when I was seven years old, I, I, I didn't know what was happening. Um, you know, there was, there was a lot of anger there. There was a lot of uncertainty. You know, luckily I had a lot of family members around me to, you know, take me under their wing, uh, and, you know, show me, uh, you know, the, the right way to do things. But I also made a lot of mistakes as a kid. Um, you know, i was I was subjected to a lot of a lot of bullying racism which in turn you know put me in a position where I became a bully you know i was uh getting into a lot of trouble uh, i got into <laughs> i got into into trouble with the uh the police when i was a when i was a kid and uh yeah you know all throughout growing up um i always had art i always had had art i i would draw like whenever things got too heavy for me or there was too much drama at home or I was getting picked on or I was getting bullied or whatever, like I would, I would always retreat back to, to my art. And my art could have been anything ranging from, uh, you know, drawing robots. Uh, you know, I grew up watching, um, you know, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, Star Wars, Star Trek, like, you know, really into sci-fi video games. So I had I had an escape and that escape uh you know gave me it gave me the the ability to create something it it gave me the ability to be to truly be myself when I was by myself and it it gave me the ability to to create something on my own. So as a kid running away from these things I had art to to kind of soothe the pain of of life. Um and it was wasn't long after that I I just continuously, like, drew and drew and drew, um, that I also found the martial arts. So I started doing, um, art and the martial arts. I come from a, uh, a, a very musical family. So I guess I get, I got the, the art gene. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, like, it, it just turned into, uh, an appreciation and love for the martial arts. Uh, so I started with, um, Wing Chun Kung Fu, Muay Thai. Uh, then I moved on to Jiu Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Wrestling, Filipino Martial Arts. Wow! Oh goodness! Yeah, yeah it, you know it. It's being an artist like you, 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 you have a different perspective on things. You, you start to look at things and you want to break things apart. It's, I, I, I see it as like being very similar to uh, to engineering in a lot of ways, but with a lot of creativity. You, you kind of want to just break something apart. So you could put it back together again and make it, you know, make, make something beautiful. And I, I, I approached martial arts the same way because not only was I looking at it as a place to put this negative energy, uh, I also saw it as a place to, to test myself and to, to truly figure out, you know, what, what I'm made of. So, yeah, you know, I brought that into college. Um, I ended up going to uh, uh, school to uh, learn how to be an animator but i eventually uh graduated and went straight into the film visual effects industry oh that's cool yeah.
1: when you say when you say animator is uh people who make uh, sort of uh, graphic arts in into motion or is you just uh, like a host of a tv show
0: well no yeah it's 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 somebody who uh Well, when I did go to school, I wanted to be a Disney animator, being a two-dimensional animator, being somebody who, uh, you know, draws a bunch of pictures uh, over and over and over again in order to create, like, uh, you know, an animated, yeah, 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 that's, that's not, no, yeah, like, I ended up going to school for that, but then I realized while I was in school, that wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't want to be behind uh, a desk, and I didn't want to, like, you know, draw 24 frames per second for like a five-minute short. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to do something else. I wanted to do like I wanted to do uh, I wanted to, to to kind of like tap into uh technology more. Um so I picked up 3D modeling. 3D modeling is uh, basically um you know the act of like creating 3D models like whether it be a character Weapons, vehicles, or anything of that sort, and then putting that into into a film, and then um, oh, nice, yeah, you know, yeah. That's so. In it, it, so that's that's what I ended up doing uh, after I graduated, and it, it's it's interesting because uh, I, I've always been you know very adventurous and outdoorsy, uh, but once I, I started going to school, and then once I started working in the film industry, all that just went downhill, like. <laughs> the the life of a visual effects artist is, uh, it's a lot of donuts, a lot of coffee, a lot of cigarettes and a lot of, a lot of whiskey. Oh Weird. no. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> over a, over a short amount of time, I'm like looking back and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm in shape. You know, like I, I just graduated from, uh, from high school, you know, I go into college, I'm doing my thing and I'm getting after it and I'm hammering away at, at, uh, you know, my projects, making sure my art is on point. I get, to the visual effects industry and then all of a sudden I look back and I'm like whoa dude I'm like 60 pounds overweight oh wow and some oh my god random kid just called me fat I'm like I'm not fat and I'm like okay yeah I'm fat okay all right it, you know I'm, I'm wheezing when it when it when I have to like climb a flight of stairs it sucks but you know, like my thought, like at the time when I was working and I had so, many, I was, I was stressed with so many deadlines. I was just like, ah, you know, I'll just have another cigarette and a beer and I'll be okay.
1: Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you cheat too. And just, goodbye.
2: Yeah. So that industry lends itself to like, cause you have such long hours. Is that why it kind of lends itself to those, those habits or.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in, in the visual, I, I was in the visual effects field, uh, back in the early two thousands. Um, I worked on uh, a lot of bad movies, but I also worked on a lot of good <laughs> ones. Too, so you've probably seen some of my work. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of hours, and the specific work that I was doing had me—I had me traveling a lot. I was basically living out of a pelican case for about four years. Oh wow! Um, I traveled up to Vancouver a lot from Los yeah. Angeles. Um, I went to Europe multiple times, uh, New Zealand. Uh, Yeah. So I was always on the road. I was always like, you know, in on location or on set somewhere and you know what do you do when you get to a new location and you you know you meet a crew there it's like hey let's go out for drinks of course and yeah you know i've always been i you know i've never been one to shy away from from a drink or 10 or so, 10 <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah I'd, la- I'd land we'd we'd you know uh get acquainted and it's like oh all right, all right let's go hit a bar and we would go hit a bar grab some drinks catch up or you know like exchange stories about uh, any of the films that we worked on in the past and then, you know, be out partying until three in the morning and then have to go to work at seven. Oh. So, yeah, yeah, it was like, that. it was like that. <laughs> Party hard, work hard. Sounds like you're from Newfoundland. <laughs> I, I know, right? I know, right? It's uh yeah, work hard, play hard, right? Work hard, play hard. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, so now you're, you're 60 pounds overweight. You're having trouble, you said, breathing when you're, you're trying to f- climb a flight of stairs. Some, some kid calls you fat. <laughs> so <laughs> how, how did you go from that to, you know, like really, really, because sometimes it's hard, right? It's hard to see that of yourself while well, I'm not really there, or I still have more time, or I'm still young. I can, I can do things, but how, what really made you realize that it was time to, to start cleaning up your, your lifestyle?
0: Well, it, it, I mean, it's it slowly like, uh, uh, it was a, a, a slow evolution as far as like incremental changes. For one, I had to leave the uh, visual effects industry, and I've always been a lifelong video gamer. And I thought, hey, you know, maybe I should try my hand at, uh, video game development. So, uh, one thing I did was I, I changed careers. Um, instead of doing film, um, I went right into a, uh, a very high profile job uh you know working on uh, call of duty modern warfare nice okay um, and yeah like you know straight out of the film industry i cold called the company infinity ward and uh uh yeah yeah i just i i, I didn't think i was gonna get the job i ended up getting the job and i realized whoa you know it, work isn't about working you know 12 13 14 hour shifts i mean it, it, we're still busy working there, but what I realized when I made that career change, I realized that, uh, yeah, if I, if I maximize my time and the time was much more efficient and the culture there was so much more open and, you know, uh, there was like a lot of work-life balance there. I realized that I had more time to, to focus on other things. So, you know, in the back of my head, I was, uh, thinking when i made that career change i was thinking like yeah you know my health is is starting to to affect me i'm starting to uh you know get really tired i mean i realized that i was like falling asleep a lot like especially after after lunch or i was falling asleep while driving wow which really sucked
2: oh that's awful (laughs) that's very scary yeah
0: oh it was very scary i was like dude am i am i narcoleptic so um you know, after after you know having like a, a, a steady work schedule, uh, not having to uh, be on location on set so much, um, I got a sleep study done, and the sleep study determined that I had severe obstructive sleep apnea. Ooh. so uh, if you know, for those who don't know. Um, uh, sleep apnea is basically when you stop breathing when you sleep, yeah. and it's either due to fatty tissue or it's due to uh, if it's centralized. That I means your nervous system is basically basically saying, "Hey, dude, stop breathing." Um, for me, it was uh, obstructive. So, you know, the tissue, my tonsils, my uvula, the fatty tissue around my neck, uh, mm-hmm. basically put me in an apnea attack where I. I I would just stop breathing for like a minute or two minutes at a time. And I know how would have these attacks throughout the night. Um, this, the results of the sleep study basically said that um, uh, I would have an attack like every two, three minutes or so.
2: Oh, my God.
0: And yeah, it it was, it was shocking. scary. It, it was scary. Yeah. Like I was the, the results basically said that um, uh, at 30 years of age, I was in the red line for a heart attack and a stroke. And me uh, smoking heavily, drinking heavily, uh, you know, being out of shape, not even like going to the gym or, uh, you know, going to like the MMA studio or training or anything of that sort. I I was like, yeah, okay, I have to do something about it. So I elected to get um, a procedure done, which they uh, remove your tonsils, your adenoids and your uvula. And they basically go in and, you know, clear out all that tissue. Oh God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which 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 uh before that, like for about six months I was on a uh a BIPAP machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know i don't know if you guys are familiar with a CPAP and what a BIPAP does. Like a no like a, a CPAP machine is yeah, a CPAP machine is basically uh it's a mask that you put on when you sleep and it's uh uh a one-way directional air pressure to to help you breathe. So when you have an apnea attack, it'll basically force air through it. So you start breathing again. Um, I was on a BiPAP and this thing basically breathed for me. It was like both um, pressures. It was like negative and positive. So it basically breathed for me while I was sleeping. So while I was traveling in the film industry, I had this machine and you know, people like in different countries were like, why Why do you have this box? What is this?" So, you know, I would always have to go to the extra security center to basically, <laughs> you know, verify like, dude, like this is the thing that I need. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a terrorist or anything. Oh, like yeah. I'm trying to, <laughs> this is the thing I need. Yeah. So I would, I would get sick of traveling because I knew every single flight or every country I would land in whenever I went to customs. It's like, oh yeah, you go to the special, the special security checkpoint to to verify this thing They'd, they would always swab it for explosives and it was <laughs> hilarious but you know like i got sick of that and i was like you know what i i i'm tired of being reliant on this machine you know i i hate being reliant on things i like being self-sufficient as much as i possibly can so uh i it to get this operation done and they they went in and they yeah they took out my uvula. that's the hanging ball thing in the back of your throat yeah um, yeah and my tonsils and my adenoids,
1: so they got removed forever.
0: They got removed. Yeah, they got removed. And did, I remember, like, and that helped. Oh, it helped big time. It helped big time. Yeah. Um, I my doc was good. He was a really good guy. He's been doing it. He basically wrote the book on on this procedure. And he uh, he was like, dude, this is going to hurt. And you know, me being like a guy, you know, I've been in multiple fights. I've you know, I like had my nose broken a bunch of times. I, I think I I feel like a, uh, I feel like I, I I have a good pain tolerance, and he's like, yeah, it's gonna take you about two weeks minimum to get to get healed after this operation. I'm like, dude, I'll do it in one one week, five days, and <laughs> after the operation, <laughs> I was so beat up. Um, I, I woke up. I remember I woke up and I was like, doc. Doc, I want to see my tonsils and my uvula before before you incinerate them. I just want to see them one last time. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Did they
2: showed them to you? Yeah, he,
0: he showed them to me. And I was like, dude, like that was in my throat. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But anyway, uh I uh Yeah, they 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 put me on on painkillers. Um and you know, me being this tough guy, I was just uh just completely floored i was bedridden um i was like on the couch just watching netflix for hours at a time i was on painkillers i hated it it was horrible i mean the pain from this operation you know it felt like uh it felt like strep throat times 20 but you know how like with strep throat or sore throat you can kind of It kind of goes away after a while. Like this was just consistent pain. And it looked like a grenade went off in the back of my throat. I mean, they went in and took out tissue. So, you know, I was on Vicodin. Um, I was like gargling lidocaine. The good thing about it was for this whole time, I I was eating ice cream. And I love ice cream. So that was the good part. It was like, I could eat, <laughs> I could eat all the ice cream I could, I could stomach. Um, but after getting this operation of like just being on an ice cream diet, I ended up dropping like 20 pounds. In order to heal faster from this operation, my doctor also prescribed um, weight loss. Uh, so uh, I, before the operation, I, I picked up a road bike and I started cycling. I also come, you know, I come from a MMA and a wrestling background. So whenever I would ride, I would, you know, double up on different layers. So I would try to sweat it out as much as I possibly could. I went to the sauna. Uh, I was going back into training. I went to uh, the Inosanto Academy over here in Marino del Rey, and I was training there for a while. And I ended up like dropping 25 pounds um, before the operation, so I could heal faster. Um, and then when I got to the operation, and I, I was on this, this strict ice cream regimen, ice cream and painkiller regimen, ended up dropping an additional twenty pounds. And wow. uh, it's what, very interesting it, how
1: you can drop uh, weight by eating ice cream. No, it's just very counterintuitive. But hey,
0: <laughs> I know, right? Like I think I think because I had so much excess excess weight, it it just. Uh, I, I think it did put me too. Like it, it put me in a position where um, I was just basically like, you know, utilizing all the energy that I had to heal. Um, so I think that that helped. But the, you know, going through this, going through this, this recovery, um, it gave me it gave me a taste of what it's like to be bedridden, and I couldn't help but think like there are people in this world where they live their whole lives like this, and they're subjugated, and they're, it's 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 almost imprisonment to a point where they they this is how they have to live. And I I couldn't help but think about my uncle, my uncle who who had Parkinson's disease, my uncle Rudy. I couldn't help but think about him, like, hey, you know this this is what he has to live through. His brain is there, his mind is still working, but he can't get up and do something about it. It's yeah it's 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 horrible it's horrible just being being in that state mm.
2: so talk to us more about your uncle Rudy and how you guys you know you talked, you mentioned how you were watching our man together so tell us a little bit more more about uncle Rudy and how it led you to this sport
0: yeah my uncle rudy um in a lot of ways he uh he was a or he is the father figure in my life um he was a hard worker. Came from the Philippines in the uh, early '80s. I have uh, seven aunts and uncles on my mom's side, and he's the, the eldest uncle. So all of them, uh, you know, kind of have like these attributes that have like built my personality. And Uncle Rudy was like the uh, uh, patriarch of the family. Um, he was the one that uh, you know would would Teach me about um, you know hard work, about uh, the value of things, the value of uh, putting your effort towards things. Also, you know he was, he, he was very religious too, uh, and that I think uh, influenced uh, my my spirituality. I'm not I'm not a religious person, but I I I feel like I'm I, I approach things from you know a lot of a a, a spiritual aspect. So yeah, you know he, he was the uh, one of the main positive influences in my life. And he came, he was diagnosed with uh, Parkinson's disease uh, in the late nineties. And, you know, this figure in my life, this guy that I always look up to, that I admired and respected, you know, I, I, I saw him slowly wither and, you know, I saw him, uh, you know, slowly move from, from walking to shuffling to, uh, being confined to a wheelchair. And yeah, we were, we were together in the sum in the winter of, uh, uh, 2009. I was still recovering from this operation and, uh, yeah, he was, uh, sitting with me on the couch and he was on his meds as well. And, you know, we're just catching up talking and we turned the TV on and yeah, we, you know, I was, I was hopped up on Vicodin. (laughs) He was he was on his meds, and you know we turned TV on, and uh, I remember I remember this clearly because when I turned the TV on, everyone was off drinking because we we're at a family Christmas party. They're all having fun, singing songs, and we we're on our medication. We turned the TV on, and yeah, the Iron Man uh, World Championship broadcast came on, and yeah, we sat through it and watched it, and I'm like thinking in my head, man, I was like these these guys are crazy, like this this is dumb like, why would anybody want to do this? And it's hot. And it's like, they have to wear like stupid tights. And I'm like, why would anybody want to do this? That's, that's just insane. You know? And and then my uncle, my uncle just mentioned, he's like, okay, that looks like fun. And I'm like, wait, you know, I, I, you know, I I guess, I guess it might've been the Vicodin talking or whatever, but I was, I was sitting there like processing what I just heard from my uncle. And yeah, you know, just as he mentioned earlier about that intro, he, you know, he said something and I processed it and I thought, he will never be able to do anything like this ever. And when I am healed up, I can, I totally can do something like this. And I started, I started thinking like, you know, it doesn't have to be an Man. It doesn't have to be like this crazy, insane event in Hawaii. I was like, you know what? And I told my uncle like a, a, a few days later, I'm like, hey, uncle, I'm going to I'm going to do a triathlon. So I signed up for a, a small local sprint triathlon out here, the Pasadena Tri. And yeah, he, he was just over the moon. He was like, oh, that's he was like, that's awesome. Like, you know, I'm proud of you. Like, uh, you know, let me know how you do. And, you know, I, I trained for it. I learned how to swim did the race and and i ended up getting like i I think i ended up getting within the top 10 in my age group and i was like whoa okay like my my goal was to not be last and i ended up like doing pretty well and i thought like okay this is this is a whole lot of fun and i think that was immediately when i got when i got hooked to the sport
1: Mm, how long ago was this
0: that was, uh, I started training, like, at the end of 2009. That's when I had my uh, operation. And then the race was in, two, like, March of 2010. So I'm coming up on, like, 10 years in this sport pretty soon.
1: Wow. Okay. A veteran.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, I it, it, it seems like that by the time, with the amount of time I've been in the sport. But the, the sport and everything evolves so much. And, you know, like, as we get older, we have to, like, shift. Our mindset towards things. So i I
1: feel
0: like we. I feel like I'm. I'm. You know, always in my elementary stage. You know, I always feel like I'm constantly exposing myself to new things. That's what I love so much about the sport. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Right. It it is always evolving and changing, and it does feel like it's it's new every year. At least to me as well. Like there's always something new.
0: Oh, totally. Everything from the equipment, from (laughs) the uh the nutrition from all the science that that has come back from the last 40 years of this sport um and you know like just the mentality and like the mind games that you have to play in order to get to the finish line like that stuff is always constantly evolving
2: yeah and you sorry i know this is a little bit off um but kind of the same is that talk about new things and new races and new challenges and and using that mindset to keep going. You just did Ireland, um Cork. Yeah. The uh, Ironman in Ireland. Like the, from what I've read and seen online, that was a crazy race.
0: That was a crazy race. Like uh I also I I, I did Louisville last year and Oh, oh. yeah.
2: I did too. I was good. You know yeah. it's like from
0: you know, from that from Louisville to uh to Cork, it's like, okay, I, I kinda learned my lesson. I have a, a a bunch of race reports that I've written about them on, on Facebook. Um but yeah, like uh Cork not only was Cork um uh you know it was a life goal to to visit Ireland and, and have a legitimate Guinness in Ireland. Exactly. <laughs> um doing that race uh since it was the inaugural race um I knew there were certain things that they there were certain types of logistics that they had to figure out but um just the 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 brutal exposure to the elements was was something that for a first time ironman if people measured cork up against any other ironman that they've ever done like kudos kudos to you for finishing um <laughs> That was a brutal course. And the thing that made that course um, something that I'll remember for the rest of my life is the, the people of you all and the people of uh, Cork County, Ireland. Man, like they came out in droves. There were people that were out there for 9, 10, 15 hours just cheering people on in the freezing rain. Oh, my God. And, yeah, like it was amazing. There was a spot called Windmill Hill. That was like a 500 meter climb at like 20% grade in the rain. Yeah. And it was straight up. It was like the Tour de France. Like it was, it was awe inspiring. Like I didn't expect it to be that epic. Um, But that was definitely the highlight of the race. Like hundreds of screaming Irishmen just getting you up that hill. Um, Yeah. That's something that I'll always remember
2: wow thank you that no that's amazing because just watching the race reports watching the the pro guys walk like or jog their bikes up that 21 uh percent grade hill
0: oh, And yeah. hop
2: on and and knowing how hard it is and i think the fans um the people that come out and cheer the volunteers are what get people to come back to the race even if the weather is terrible or the course oh, is hard oh big
0: time, oh, yeah. big time yeah yeah i i ended up like you know we we were talking before we started recording about crashing i ended up uh uh crashing at mile forty four oh. on the bike yeah like uh i yeah i had had my uh carbon wheels and in in the rain yeah you, you, they're just not as effective yeah yeah i was on full lock uh on a downhill and uh, you know, they, they had a lot of good signage, but I just wasn't stopping and I was coming in way too hot on a turn. Oh, no. And, you know, I thought, I thought I caught the turn. I'm like, Oh, I remember thinking in my head, I was like, I, I got this. And then the next thing I know, like the bike is out from underneath me. And I instinctively like tucked into a ball and landed on my side, I landed on my elbow and my head and oh. my the left side of my hand. And then I skidded and I skidded into a, a crowd of spectators. <laughs> oh
1: God! The
0: first thing I did, I was like, I, I got up and I'm, I looked at my bike. I'm like, Hey, is my bike. Okay. I, just, <laughs> I started looking at it. And then, and <laughs> then I remember like, I immediately got up and I, I you know, maybe I should, I should have lay there for a little bit, but I immediately got up and started checking myself to see if anything was broken. So, you know, like, um, you know, first aid training, like first responder training, like they tell you, uh, yeah. you know, check your, you know, check your core first and then check your extremities. And, um, you know, I was able to operate my brakes. Uh, I, I checked the areas where I had road rash and there was luckily there wasn't any like fat or bone visible. Oh. so. <laughs> That's I was a good. good. Thing. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, I'm I'm good. And then good. Uh, I remember, like, when when one of the uh, race officials was like, was like, "Are you you all right, mate? You're all right?" And I was like, "I think so, I think so." And he's like, "Do you need a paramedic?" And I'm like, "I don't think so." And he's like, "Are you sure?" And I, I remember I was like, uh, "Let me check, let me check." And he's like, "Well, do you want a Guinness?" <laughs> and I, was I was like, like "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, do I?" And yeah, that that caught me off guard, but it, it was hilarious. But uh. Yeah, like you know, he was he was helping me with uh, uh making sure that my bike was okay. He's checking my brakes for me. Um, and I remember, I, I I remember I was I was like, man, that really sucked. Like that was just a big hit. That was a big hit to me mentally. Uh, yeah. yeah, like the le- my left side was was in pain, but it was a big hit to me mentally. And I remember when I got I got back on my bike, um, like the spectators that were there. There were about maybe like thirty or forty people there. Um, yeah, they just started going off, like, just started clapping, yelling. They're like, go, go get at it. Go get after it. Um, their whole thing over there was, well done. Well done, lad. Like, well done. <laughs> and when I got my bike, I was like, oh, that's how it feels like when, when a soccer player, like, gets injured and stands back up. Or, you know, somebody gets wheeled off of the football field. Like, oh, that's what it feels like. I remember thinking that. And I remember thinking like, okay, I have to be careful for the rest of this race. Cause I have a marathon to run after this. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: And were well, your injuries yeah. ended up after the race? Were they okay? Cause I know you're probably going on adrenaline for the rest, but.
0: Yeah, it was, it was just road rash. It was okay. road rash. I had like, uh, some bruising. Um, like I had some holes in my, in my kit.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, luckily like, uh, Years of getting thrown on my head and slammed, <laughs> um, like it, it, I, have instinctively like gotten to a spot where if something goes wrong, I know how to tuck and roll into it.
2: Okay.
0: Um, that's why I think like uh, what you know, like I think everybody needs to learn how to like fall correctly. Like that's one thing that we were taught in judo is to to fall correctly, and I think that really saved me. Also, like the the rain and the slick road actually helped. Because I slid, I slid instead of like you know caught the ground and and you oh. know wiped out i'm I'm sure it looked ugly, but I was still able to get up and finish the ride and the and the run yeah
2: but you definitely deserve cheers for that that's fantastic
1: you <laughs> need to write yeah. in a marathon yeah exactly
2: yeah, yeah yeah,
0: oh. yeah, marathon. yeah there are there are other people that had it worse. I mean, there were people that were just dripping, oh um. There were people that, that finished the bike and just said, I'm done. And yeah, yeah you know, like I, I do not at all blame them. That was a hard race. That was that was it, that was difficult. It's probably the, the hardest one I've done. And I uh, you know, I was talking about Louisville at the time. Louisville was the hardest one that I've ever done. Um, and before that, it was uh, Coeur Lane back in 2015 when it got up to like 108 degrees.
2: Yeah, it's pretty uh, hot.
0: But I, I'll, I do, I will, I'll take heat any day over, over cold. the cold. Yep. Yeah. I will take heat <laughs> any day over the cold.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, the cold and the wet is terrible. I, I agree with you there.
1: I think that was, uh, I yeah, think that was the. The god of uh, the god of the, the of the of the island of Kona was telling you, "Oh, you want to come to the Legacy? Fine, we're gonna throw you right. the Louisville, yeah. and right. then we're gonna throw you cork. You about there, but we're gonna smash you. Only, if only the deserves one. Oh yeah, are going to be able to go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, but okay. you know, a few months ago in 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 April, I also did uh Texas Ironman Texas, and. Uh, yeah, that was that was an uh, interesting race as well because uh, that was the first time I, I ever experienced uh, you know, hardcore GI issues. Oh. Uh, so I basically went into the marathon with uh, uh, lack of nutrition, and yeah, that was that was that was horrible in its own right. But I I also finished that one as well. So you know, that's... well,
2: it speaks a lot to your um your drive and your motivation and your character to be able to stick that out because you're right. Like there are some people that no matter what, you 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 just have to quit because there's something wrong. Like so I had friends in Louisville that had to that had to quit because their hypothermia was so bad. Um oh
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. But I
2: also have seen people quit just because they were having a bad race that day. You know and and I It speaks a lot that you can have those bad races. You can have things that probably you should have legitimately quit for, but you have the ability to keep going and persevere.
0: So, yeah, that's that's it's like why why do we do this sport? You know, a lot of people do it for the for the reason of uh, you know getting out there and smashing it. You know, which is great on its own, but also a lot of people just want to be able to get to that finish line and in my case it's it's um you know i'm on i'm on this legacy program i need to be smart about uh, about racing because for the last two years i've been doing three full distance ironmans a year yeah. uh, which i don't recommend to anybody no it, it sucks i can imagine yeah yeah <laughs> the con- constant constant <laughs> tapering like it uh, man it's like it's like it, it it it's it's like you're you're on a treadmill and you know, aside from working a, a full-time job, you know, as a game developer, you know, I'm constantly like, uh, I, it it doesn't feel like I'm ramping up, it just constantly feels like I'm tapering. Mm. And there's a lot of a mental component that comes along with that, because it's, it's not like, hey, you're going through these blocks of you're hitting this power, or you're hitting this pace on the run, and then you Go to your week of recovery, then you start it over again on on you know a higher level with your FTP and your run and blah blah blah. No, this is more like race, recover, and then hold, and then <laughs> get back at it again. And yeah, yeah, it's confusing. It's very confusing, but man, like
1: yeah, and then I mean, life happens, right? So you need to go to work, and then you need to take your holidays off. So it's difficult to sort of have that. Structure the typical like uh uh, base build and that it's just a constant stream of uh, yeah, like you say, you're in a treadmill that doesn't uh that you cannot stop pretty much, yeah. I mean, I I do two full Ironmans a year, and and for me, it's even crazy,
2: yeah.
1: I I can only imagine three, yeah. Well,
2: and you have a son,
0: yeah, yeah, family.
2: So, how do you balance all of that?
0: Very carefully, um, (laughs) I, I usually I have to. I have to wake up. Yeah, I have I have a, a soon to be 4-year-old, Enzo. Um he's he's awesome. He's he's a great kid. But he, the good thing about it is he's he's predictable. Like he wakes up at uh 6:30 to 7 every day, so I I usually get it done in the morning. Like I'll I'll get up at 4 or 4:30 so I can get my workouts in in the morning and then have that time before work, the ability to balance training and work and life and parenthood and relationships and all of this stuff. like it's 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 an art form. It's truly an art form because you need to figure out like how to how to be effective at all of it. And you know I, I have to give a shout out to uh, to my crew, like my my company over at Respawn Entertainment, because they're they're so understanding about uh, you know my life goals, especially with this goal to hit Kona you know they're they're very good about uh uh and very encouraging about uh supporting me through all this stuff and also like you know you know being a parent it's it's like yeah i i I don't have a lot of time No. Yeah. I don't have a lot of time to you know go on the long bike rides and um you know do stuff like more than two hours every day like i i i have to balance it out and that's why I feel like with triathlon, it 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 uh, this sport, it it is a microcosm of of life. Like the way you approach, the way you train and you race, also affects and is is very indicative of how you approach work or how you approach life or how you approach, uh, you know, your family or parenthood. It, I think, it, it's it's all intertwined into like how much effort you give. Right. agree. Yeah. And if, if one thing is, is lacking, then you have to kind of think like, what am I doing? Why is that thing like stuttering or why is that thing failing? Why is that thing like, you know, falling short? You know, what am I doing? Am I excelling at something else that's pulling time away from that thing? Then it's kind of like, okay, you know, maybe my run sucks because i went too hard on the bike you know like maybe my nutrition sucks on the bike so that's why my run isn't isn't right. feeling great or i'm 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 feeling great on the run you know i'm like it's it's mile mile 6 and i'm smashing it and maybe it's because like you know mm-hmm. you were a little bit smarter on the bike and you dialed mm-hmm. back to zone 2 instead of keeping up with with the the cat three cyclists you know it's it's always a balance game and I think this sport is is it isn't it isn't a solution to any of our problems but it it's a tool to aid us into getting to where we want to be
2: that makes a lot of sense oh yeah 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 yeah. especially I I get it too Uh, you know I with the kids and sport and work and all of those things, you really have to look and say, okay, am I falling off somewhere? What do I need to do to bring everything up so that it's, you know, it's all reasonable. Yeah. And if I spend too much time on this one, then that means I'm probably neglecting something badly over here. <laughs> so oh, it's just absolutely. that balance for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's that, it's that balance. Finding that balance, it's, you know, like as, as, I, as I spoke earlier about like, you know, like my, my background in art and in the martial arts, um, you know, it's the martial arts and art, a lot of it has to do with balance. You know, you can't go too heavy on one thing and expect another thing to like, you know, be, be as equal to that, that particular component. Mm-hmm. That balance is an art form that balance requires a little bit of creativity, but most of all, like that balance in life, like you can't achieve that balance by yourself. No. -hmm. You know, that's, that's what's beautiful about the sport is that you, you, you can't balance uh, any of this stuff all by yourself. You have to have your friends, your family, your crew, you have to have support. And I wouldn't have been able to, to get to where I'm at, like get to, 11 going on 12 full distance Ironmans if it wasn't for the people around me that, that care about me and the people that I care about too. Very true. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's very, it's very important. And I bet you like, you know, your wife and your, your son must be very, uh, you know, they're very supportive. Do they come and cheer? Do they, do you do vacations with your son or how does that work with you guys?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
2: do. For sports, like the triathlon. Sorry, the tri does the triathlon become a vacation or is that kind of your place you go?
0: Well, it, yeah, it, turn, it turns into a racecation. Um, yes. And <laughs> you know, well, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going through a divorce.
2: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that.
0: It, you know, you know, it's for the better. Um, it, and it's just something that, um, you know, I've, I've realized in life, it's, you know, we, uh, people tend to grow apart. And, you know, I I, I feel like I, I tried as much as I possibly could to to work through things and to, to fix it. Um, but I had to realize that, hey, like, I can't fix everything. And, no. uh, you know, the last three years of my life, I mean, I, I was exposed to uh, a lot of things that have been trying me and testing me. Like my, my uncle, my uncle Rudy passed away. He passed away in, uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, 2017. Um, you know, around then that's around the same time where, uh, my, my ex-wife and I, we separated. Um, you know, I've been going through, uh, a custody battle. Uh, things have eased up now. Yeah. Um, and things have, have gotten to a level of normalcy where, uh, it isn't as hard as before, uh, but p- part part of the main reason of of why I, I wanted to hit this goal of getting to Kona was because um, I was in a position where I was like, okay, you know, everything around me is crashing, everything around me is coming down hard. Like, what what am I going to do about it? Am I going to sit around and am I am I going to let this win? Um, no, no, I I had to do something about it and. Uh, you know, my my uncle, being in the state that he was, you know, before he passed away, um, I just I had to hit that goal. I, I was like, you know what, Uncle Rudy, I'm gonna go for Kona, and I have to get there soon because his health was degrading. And I, I I just made the decision. I'm like, you know what, I I have to I have to get there faster. So instead of doing one or two races a year, I decided to bump it up and do three. Wow, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, like that's, that's the thing with life. It, it, you know, it, 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 you just have to find the balance with everything, you know, and you can only do your best. And if the, your best is 50% of what you're capable of, then you can always look back and say, hey, I did my best. Even if your best is 20 or 30% of what you're capable of, if you're still doing your best, at what you're what you're absolutely positively capped out at what you're capable of doing, you can't look back and say I didn't do everything I could. And this is what's become so much more important to me. It's uh, you know time with my son. It's uh, being there for the people around me, like my family and my friends. Um, it's being the best version of myself. And you know, like this sport the sport of triathlon isn't like I said before, it isn't a solution to any of this stuff, but it's, it's a vehicle and it's a tool that allows me to, to be the best version of myself. Yeah.
2: It's um, a good way of, of summing it up. Thank you for sharing
0: that. Yeah. You know, like I, man, there, there, there are so many other people in the world that have it so much worse. Yes. You know, and it's like, if, if i can turn this into something that gets people to think differently about their lives and about the things that they're faced with then that's that makes me that that makes me feel enlightened that makes that makes my heart feel pure because there's so much pain in this world like dude it's it's all a choice for for us to what we do with it you know like We can get hammered with all the negativity. We can be told like all this negative stuff and, you know, life can, life can hammer at you. It can just throw all kinds of curveballs. It can, you know, just completely pummel you till you're nothing. Yes. But there are times where we don't have control, you know, there are times where it's like, well, okay, you just give up. But the thing that we do have control over is our attitude. And. I remember for my first Ironman in 2012, it was uh, a quarter lane. Um, Mike Riley was there (laughs) and right before, right before the gun went off, he said, Hey guys, this is, if this is your first Ironman, just remember the only thing you have control of on race day is your attitude. Now go make some memories.
1: Oh yeah. I've heard of him say the same thing. Yeah,
0: dude. Yeah. I ran into him, uh, I ran into him uh, at a uh, cork this year, and I was like, "Hey, dude, you said this thing a y- few years ago, and I'm sure you've said he said it multiple times before." But, dude, his impact on thousands and thousands of people from that particular quote—like, look what something as powerful as positivity. Look, look what that thing has gotten people to do. Like, I mean, look what it's gotten me to do. <laughs>
1: um,
0: and it's, yeah, it's, it's powerful thing when you when you look at it that way. I know. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And you have overcome like you've had some things that could totally bring you down and keep you down or keep you maybe even put you back to where you were having donuts and cigarettes and drinking 10 drinks instead of one.
0: Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. For for, sure. you,
2: you know, <laughs> you just let us know about the divorce, you know, you know, the, the, the passing of your uncle, Rudy, who's very important to you. And, you know, you also have the foundation that your, your family has set up and that you're racing for. And it was a, um, a horrible death of a family member there as well. So I'm not sure if you can share a little bit of information about your foundation that you race for too
0: yeah okay. yeah um so my cousin uh a j uh yeah um he was uh murdered in two thousand and ten um it was a uh yeah that was that was a hard year um you know i i i you know some i i knew him since since he was a newborn all the way up until you know he he passed away um you know I changed his diapers I babysat what babysat him uh you know I saw him grow up into a man and then you know in 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 a fit of violence he was in the wrong place in the wrong time and yeah he ended up getting shot over it um yeah the the murderers were apprehended and uh yeah my family went, my family and I um we established a five hundred one c three. That's the Eris Elijah Pugal Foundation. Uh, so my uncle Don and my auntie Mayette—they're the ones that um, you know did all the the heavy heavy lifting to get this this foundation uh, up and running. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's in the honor of my my cousin who was very much so into the arts and he was a he was also a practicing martial artist and the the objective for this this foundation is to uh you know give grants to um high school students uh for college preferably like in under under underprivileged communities um to assist them with uh, pursuing careers in the arts and entertainment and in music so uh yeah you know racing for this for this foundation has been uh has been great you know we've been able to to raise a lot of a lot of uh money for you know some of these kids that are that are getting into college It's awesome, so you know it's it's it just comes back to like you know what do we do like how, what what do we race for or you know what gets us up in the morning you know when you have the simple uh objective of like just dropping some weight and getting healthy that's one thing but when you have something behind it like an objective or when you have something bigger than yourself that you have to fight for
2: yeah
0: then 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 it's on then it's like okay like it's not just about me it's about something else now and there is so much raw power behind that
2: it is because sometimes when it's just about yourself it's easier to say I'm just going to give up. It's just, it's just about, you know, Oh, it's a little bit of health or whatever. I'm fine. Or whatever this, but if you have something else and someone else to fight for, oftentimes we seem to push ourselves harder and, and go that extra mile for them. Yeah. You know, do that foundation. Yeah. Do those things for them. It's a
0: level of accountability. You know, that, that, yeah. that accountability when you're accountable for somebody else, when you're accountable for something else, and if that cause is huge, if it's something that's bigger than yourself, then, you know, that in turn, that that allows you to to put in that same amount of effort or even more effort than you thought you were capable of doing.
1: Indeed. But um, have you watched the movie The Avengers, Ryan?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was.
1: Yeah. yeah. So Have you watched the latest ones? Yeah. Endgame?
0: For sure. I actually saw it. All right. I saw it right before. Uh, Iron Man. All right,
1: there you go. So um, you know that you have this character Thanos. Yeah, mine. Yeah, who's uh, searching for the these Infinity Stones. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. So he needs to have these five stones so he can snap his fingers and everything like goes bye bye. Yeah, yeah. mine. Yeah. So right now, I think you are Thanos, (laughs) but you have you have like. Like two gloves with twelve holes on them, but you only have eleven in Iron Man stones. Right? So the question is, have you signed up already to get your twelfth infinity stone?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting that you put it that way. Like I never I never I never no, I never good. put myself in the same stratosphere as Thanos, but <laughs> I'll take it. That's cool. Yeah, you can.
1: <laughs> exactly the thing is when when, uh, when i watched the last movie you know i, I don't want to do any spoilers here for people but you know you have the character of iron man there so iron man and stones combined together is uh for me was a uh, like a no-brainer like oh that's what it is oh yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 yeah, that was awesome um exactly
0: yeah next up for me is uh iron man maryland on uh i think it's september End of September, September yeah. twenty eighth, I believe. All
1: right.
2: Have you done that one before?
0: No, no. This is uh, yeah, first time.
1: First Are you time. doing anything special to celebrate crossing the twelfth uh, finish line?
0: Um, haven't really thought about it. I'm uh, I mean, it's not necessarily you do twelve and then you're in. No, so, so the lottery. with the way the lottery program works, is like, yeah, you have to do twelve, and then if you don't get into Kona next year which i doubt that i'm going to get in kona next year you have to do a qualifying race so um i have to figure out a qualifying race just to have one kind of like uh in the pipe just in case i get in in 2021 which is what i'm expecting um so since since uh 12 is coming up at the end of the year what I'm expecting to do after this is my my next goal, which is kind of kind of what what you're doing at the moment, Charles, is, which is uh, uh, do one in every on every continent, do a full Ironman on every continent. Exactly. That'd be pretty cool. Nice, nice. Yeah, Antarctica is going to be a little hard. I mean, yeah, hopefully the WTC <laughs> they get they get the right Ross Ice Shelf in Antarctica. That I mean, that'll make a. That'll make Cork and uh, Louisville like look like child's play. Exactly.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. I what, what kind of spectator support are we going to get for that? Yeah, yeah,
2: I'm not sure I would sign up for that one ever.
0: <laughs> well, you never <laughs> know, right? It's a I, little
2: cold. I'm not. A, ha- I'm just not sure I could handle that.
0: <laughs> you live in Canada. I mean, you're you're kind of exposed to the elements there.
2: Yeah, oh. but I live in the Niagara region. It's a little warmer.
0: <laughs> a, little, a little, warmer. Well, okay. If if the three of us signed up for it, or if if Charles and I signed up, then would you do it? I mean,
2: yeah, I would go. I would bend to the peer pressure. You'd have to pull me in. I'd do it. Of course. It yes.
0: Would, it would be epic. And <laughs> it, like,
2: w- it would be. You may. You may have epic. to like take me to the hospital afterwards, but I would. I would do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah yeah you've you've had a fair amount of ones done as well i mean i saw or charles you, you've uh yeah. I, I i saw you posted um on instagram uh the 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 continents that you've raced in uh so far and i was like hey that guy that guy has a that guy's doing something awesome and i was like you know what i'm gonna do that too that sounds great
1: yeah, a friend of mine gave me the idea. I was like, "Hmm, that doesn't doesn't sound bad at all." So yeah, so far three continents, and uh, keep pushing. But
0: yeah, it, you know, WTC, they should they should look at that. There there should be something there, like at least a medal or a shirt or something. Yeah, you know, like or a map. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think there's like
1: uh when you do the six. Uh, the six famous uh, worldwide marathons—I don't know the major marathons or uh, whatever they call—you get a special medal, which is like a—it looks like an octopus. It's like a six medals into one medal. It's like whoa! Oh
2: wow!
1: Yeah, if you That's do that, worth it. it is That's worth it, right? It. So yeah. it's usually New York, Tokyo, Chicago, Boston, London, and I forgot the other one, but uh, but yeah, it's like these six marathons, and then yeah, voila. But that's so it should dope. be the same, right?
0: It would be cool if they picked a circuit of full distance races all throughout the world, and if you hit that circuit, then maybe you get like a a box of like goos or something. I don't know. I, <laughs>
2: I would do it for the medal. It's, it's, isn't it funny, like what we do for a medal?
0: Yeah, what we do for a medal. Have, have you guys seen the Ragnar medals? Are you guys familiar with Ragnar? The Ragnar relay?
2: I know a Ragnar. Is it actually they have a Ragnar that comes through Niagara down our service road or through Grimsby? But I haven't seen them at all. If
0: if you guys ever have the opportunity of doing a Ragnar, we do one every year at Respawn Entertainment. We, it's a it's a company thing. Um, but if you do multiple Ragnar's, like if you do uh, the one here in Southern California, then you do the other one up in Napa Valley. You get these two medals. I mean, the individual medals are like these big blocks, which have a, which is awesome because it has a, a bottle cap openers on them. But um, nice. If, if you do both races, then you get like the Gold Rush medal, which is it, it's this big like golden block of a uh, medal. Oh. And yeah, and then I saw like this year I did I did SoCal with with uh, uh, my coworkers. And I saw this guy who was basically wearing, like, a, a plate about the size of, like, a large laptop on his chest. And I went over and I'm like, dude, dude, what is that? And he's like, uh, I, I think he did something like, he did every single Ragnar in one year, like, all over wow. the U.S. Because it's 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 mostly in the U.S., Um and I was like, damn, dude, you deserve that medal. And it's like, yeah, the things that we do for for medals like that was he's basically wearing a plate around his around his neck. It was insane. Very interesting.
2: Yeah. I know. It it is it's true. That that is that would be pretty cool to have. I think I'd have that that framed. If I had that. <laughs> or, that would be that would be cool. It I'll is true. It. We do a lot for medals and t shirts
1: metals and t-shirts it's it's a piece of 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 a cloth and 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 a piece of metal that is not even gold it's just like the 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 cheapest piece (laughs) of metal ever i love it i know yeah
2: (laughs) they probably paid like 10 cents for it after all the metals that they bought overall (laughs) oh yeah of course but we still go for it i love
0: it you know it'd be awesome if You know, when when we do get to our goal of 10, or not, not, I'm sorry, not 10, uh, if we do get to our goal of, uh, uh, you know, one race on every continent, like, you wear all of the medals that you've raced in, or that you've won in all of your races, wear them, like, on the last continent that you have to race in.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. During
0: During the bike and the run. Nice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine the noise? Especially (laughs) on the bike. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah, you just chip your frame. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, God. Are you running? Yeah, while you're running.
2: Oh, Oh, God. That would fly out and you in the face.
0: You would get some bruising. That would would lead to some kind of bruising, for sure.
2: Oh, absolutely. You'd probably have bruises all over your chest somewhere, like just below your rib cage.
0: But they would all be shaped as the Iron Man logo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All those all your bruises, all Iron Man bruises. Yeah, hey, check Perfect. this out. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. <It's> brand myself. <laughs> Did you guys get the tattoo?
2: I have not gotten it
0: yet. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. And you? I I got a tattoo. I didn't get the the M dot logo. Um I I, can
2: I ask you why. you didn't get the m
0: dot i have a thing about uh you know corporate logos like on my body i mean i I have a bunch of tattoos uh but uh i ended up getting um like spelled out the word 140.6 okay instead and uh i i got a quote done from my cousin on my arm and uh I, I got the tattoo the 140.6 tattoo like stamped right underneath it kind of like as a as a reminder
2: yeah I, I wonder because I uh, that's why I'm struggling with getting the Iron Man tattoo ta- uh, Iron Man tattoo as well is just because it is a corporation logo it's not and I know it means what I've done but it's still the corporate logo so I haven't I haven't quite brought myself to to get it yet.
0: Oh yeah, and and I'm not at all knocking like anyone who's gotten the tattoo. It's, no, it's actually great when I see people with the tat. And I'm like, "Hey, what's up, Iron Brother or Iron Sister?" And then, you know, it's like yeah. it's, a, it's part of like part of a uh, a secret society. It's <laughs> a
2: club, yeah. It's a
0: total club. Um yeah. But you know, like yeah, we 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 have like these these different symbols that we use to remind us of things. I think like in in my case with tattoos, it's it's a reminder of that place and time that I want to remind myself of. It's you know it's a, tattoos are a form of expression you know you want to be able to express yourself a certain way.
1: Yeah, and I see what you mean with the, the corporate logo. I mean imagine if uh, Iron Man goes bankrupt tomorrow, right? So you just left <laughs> with some weird <laughs> yeah logo on your on your arm. imagine if if I had a an a logo of Pan Am on my arm <laughs> right or Enron. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Or Enron. Yeah, an yeah. Enron logo. Beautiful. Or McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just something.
1: It is. It is. All right. So I think uh, to keep uh, to the guidelines of the Humans of Trap on podcast, because otherwise our supreme leader is going to kill us. Um, <laughs> or, try it.
0: or try to. Or try to. or very strict here.
2: <laughs>
1: He's very, very strict here.
2: <laughs> He'd have to have come a really long way to get me, but I'll fight to try not to die. But he's pretty tough. Yeah,
1: he is. Yeah, actually, I think I think I can I can say this with confidence. I think this is the longest uh, hot podcast <laughs> we have ever done so far. So oh. congratulations! Yes.
0: Yeah, hey, hey, we're all about endurance here. It's all about... There endurance. you go.
1: There you go. <laughs> step up the step. Yeah,
0: Indeed,
1: yeah. For
2: sure.
0: For
1: sure. Indeed. No, but we'd love to have you back. I mean, anytime, just... Uh, actually, when you do the number 12, I think you should come back and tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Um, when you have the Infinity Stones, you can come and snap your fingers in the, in the yeah. podcast. like.
2: And your code a day. That'd be pretty awesome.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, you know, like... Uh, I I I've had a lot of friends that are that are just like, dude, you know, why don't why don't you write a book or you know start a podcast or something? And and I'm like, ah, you know, I I'm so busy already at work, but yeah, um, you know, just just talking to you guys, like, yeah, like I can, I could can do this. I can come back and um, yeah, I'd I'd love to do that. That it would be my pleasure. Um, that would be great. Yeah, let's 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 phone that one in. Let's uh let's get that on. Let's get that penciled in. Yes.
2: Yeah, that'd be really exactly.
0: cool. Exactly.
1: Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sure. So now we're gonna throw at you the typical questions, like you said, very structured. Nothing to worry about. We're not going to do anything crazy here. It's just the typical, the same four questions that we do to every single uh, hot podcast guest here. Okay.
0: So no, no politics, no religion, no sports, right?
1: No, that's forbidden. Forbidden.
2: No.
0: Wait. Sports.
2: Well, no politics and no religion, yeah. but we already talked about sports. Yeah. yeah. So.
1: yeah no no teams. Yeah, There's no not mention like Yankees or Boston Red Sox, nothing like that. No, 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 no.
0: Or the women's FIFA World Cup.
1: Oh yeah, that one. No. Not at all. Yeah, for about it, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. Well, anyway, let's let's go. Let's go.
1: All
2: right.
1: Let's go. Number 1. Okay. What message would you want people listening to this take away from your story?
0: Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I would say life's short, live it up. Life's short, live it up, and always do your best.
1: All right. Concise and powerful.
0: I like it.
2: That's perfect. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. Are there any people? And our brands that you would like to give a shout out to today.
0: Oh man, yeah. Okay, let me let me try to condense this one. Um, <laughs> okay, first it's off, it's the
2: Oscars. You have a time limit.
0: It's the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, my awesome girlfriend Kristen. You know, she's been there for me for quite some time now, and she's very supportive. Uh, my coach and my team at Fortius Racing. Um, you know, Gerardo has been my coach, uh, for the past seven years now, and he's gotten me to the finish line, um, of 10 Ironmans, uh, and multiple other types of ultra marathons and 70.3s and all these other races. Yeah, it's, it's, he's, he's been invaluable to, to my success because I'm not the smartest person. And you if you want to succeed at something, you you resort to uh asking help from people that are much smarter than you you are. So uh yeah, Gerardo's been been amazing. Um yeah, my, my team at uh uh Respawn Entertainment. Um I don't know if you guys are familiar with the video game world, but we just shipped the game uh Apex Legends back in uh February and then we're releasing another game in in uh when is that? I think it's in it's in November. Jedi. Yeah, we're we're releasing a game called uh, Jedi Fallen Order. So that's coming out and uh yeah, they've been an amazing crew. I've been with that with this company for for 9 years now. Um and as I stated before, they've been very supportive with uh my endeavors outside of uh work. Let's see what else. Yeah, like uh Felt bikes, Canyon bikes. <laughs> I just picked up a Canyon. <laughs> amazing, amazing bike. Uh as far as brands go, I mean God, there are so many brands. I it's it's really hard to mention. I mean, I'm looking at my, my Normatech boots right now. I'll give a shout out to uh NormaTech. <laughs> 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 yeah, Definitely mandatory. Um, yeah, the 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 teams over at Roca. And uh, Rafa, you know, they're doing a lot of a lot of good stuff. Um, Roka, yeah, I wear a lot of their their gear. Hoka, Hoka One One. I mean, they've got some amazing shoes. Yeah. I've, yeah, you know, I just picked up the new uh, Carbon X's, and you know, I've been running in. I
2: saw that. Yeah,
0: like I've been running in the the Clifton yeah. Clifton Fives recently, and I think they came out with the Sixes. And I, I generally have a a, a well, I have a wider foot. And generally, when I, when I try shoes on, they're, they're a little tight. Um, so I, I usually pick up the uh, Clifton 5 Wides, and I do uh, the marathon in those. But uh, I picked up the Carbon Xs, the new Hoka shoe, and uh, yeah, those are amazing. I actually did a long run in them today, and they feel great. Um, Tailwind. Tailwind nutrition has been uh, a staple in, in my hydration. They've been great on the bike. Uh, I love the way their their stuff doesn't lead to GI issues. Um, yeah, they're they're a great product. Love them. Uh, base performance. Matt Miller and you know his crew. Like, yeah, when I I remember uh, uh, it was like when he was first starting his company, he uh, he was posted up at Ironman Arizona, and he was just handing out salt. And I remember it was like one of the fastest, uh, well, it was actually my, the, my Ironman PR. Um, I was, uh, uh, a little struggling a little bit on the run. And I remember he came by and he's like, Hey dude, do you need some salt? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think I do. And I had, I was taking pills at the time. He's like, no, no, you don't need those pills. Do you try this? And he explained it to me and I, I took some, and then that picked me back up. And now seeing like, uh, uh, base performance, uh, you know, from where they were originally when they, they first started to where they're at now, it's, that's, that's awesome. Like, I, I just love seeing like people in this sport and in life just get after it and succeed. Like it just, you know, it makes, it makes my heart feel full, you know, when I see things like that happen. Um, yeah, I I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, I, I, I could keep going on, and I don't. That, I think that's <laughs> my mom. My mom's been awesome. Very <laughs> yeah. important.
2: Good. You never forget your mother. Yeah. They're most important. My
0: mom's been great. She's been uh, yeah the 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 best grandma to my little boy Enzo. Um, you know he calls her uh, "num num." <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she, she's been very supportive in grade, and you know, to Enzo, Enzo's been my, you know, he's been my He's my dude. He's my, my little motivator. So, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's my that's my Oscar speech.
2: <laughs> Very nice.
1: Yeah. I think you have the you advantage that we don't play the background music to kick you out here. Yes. So, yeah. So it's all right. It's all right.
2: <laughs> I was thinking about singing something. But, you know.
0: <laughs> that, that's a tough one. You know, it's a tough question because it's like, hey, here's all the things that have helped you. Yeah, I know. Go dude oh man like i remember reading i remember i read about like you know the questions that you guys you guys were handing out and i'm like ooh, that's a lot yeah, yeah lot it stuff. is it is yeah.
2: <laughs> it is yeah. Yeah. and sometimes you forget and then you feel bad after <laughs> but don't feel bad
0: oh no yeah. no I mean, i'm not gonna feel bad no i'll just run it off and write <laughs> it off <laughs> that's <right. laughs>
1: yeah that's like uh you know the this yeah. actress olivia coleman no she's a uh british actress who won best actress uh in the oscars this year uh for the movie the favorite right and uh i really i think she's amazing but i think i loved the the, how during i think it was oscars or golden globes this year that she was actually like thanking so many people like it was getting super long and they started to play the music in the background and she did this super funny hand gesture to the camera like everyone was laughing or like, don't, don't bother me. I'm going to finish my speech. Right. That was, it was amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think some, some people have stuff that they, you know, they want to get off their chest, you know, like exactly. maybe she really get that speech out. Yeah.
1: That's cool. That was very cool. Yeah. All right. So yeah. question numero tres. Yes. Before see. we ask the last question, can you tell everyone here listening where can they find you online
0: so you can find me on uh i just do instagram mostly uh so that's instagram it's uh my uh handle is uh brockhard b-r-o-c-k-h-a-u-r-d um i'm on twitter as well uh with the same spelling i don't really go on twitter as much i'm on facebook but um yeah, I usually reserve Facebook for. Uh, I have this rule about Facebook where um, if I've met people in real life, then I'll add them to my Facebook page. Yeah, <laughs> but my Instagram is like, yeah, anyone can follow it. It's it's public. So yeah, look up Brockhard, B-R-O-C-K-H-A-U-R-D, at Instagram, and you know you can find me there.
2: Okay, I've got to ask you about your handle. You got Brock Hard, but I was reading it and I was going, "Is that B Rock Hard?" Like, no, B Rock Hard, or does Brock Hard stand for something specific?
0: Yeah, the well, okay, you know, before I go into that, um, yeah, uh, the other two places that you can find me are LinkedIn, okay, <laughs> and there's another, there's also uh, uh, another place where where a lot of artists, like a lot of 3D artists, mm-hmm. will post to show their artwork, and it's a, a website called ArtStation.com. So if you go to ArtStation and you uh, do search for my name, Ryan Lastimosa, then you'll see some of my artwork cool. from different films, diff- different video game projects that I've worked on. Nice. So you can see some of that, some of the stuff I do outside of, uh, outside of racing. Um, but the name itself was, uh, so in, in gaming, in online gaming, you have a gamer tag and i i would make up stupid names like i would just call myself rambo or whatever like you know just generic stuff and then uh i I went with my college buddies one day to a local 7-eleven we picked up a uh like a this big tin of beef turkey and it had a a a minor league baseball card in it and there was a player named jack Brockhard with that spelling yeah and i was like this guy has an awesome name. I'm using it, and I've used it ever since, like, <laughs> 1999. So that's why the name is stuck.
2: Very cool. Very cool. <laughs>
0: now you know. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And who, whoever he is, I, I hope he hears this, and I hope, uh, hope he knows that his name is, is uh, I'm, I'm giving it justice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Yeah. So question number four. Why do you try?
0: okay, I try because I want to live a life worth living I think uh, yeah I think I think uh, living life um, with the objective of getting the most out of it and living and loving the most you can is what life is all about um, I think like triathlon it 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 temporarily quests like my my thirst for for adventure um I always have to be you know doing something that's that's uh uh uncommon you know like it and it has to be something that that borders on you know pushing yourself as as far as you possibly can, so yeah, it's all about living a life worth living you know you i want to be be able to have Enzo tell his kids and tell his grandkids that, you know, his dad did did this and did that, you know, and I want all of it to be positive. I want him to look at it and say, hey, my dad lived a life worth living, so I need to double that or I need to get after it just as hard or maybe even harder than he did. And that, that makes me feel happy. And, you know, being able to, uh, you know, live a life worth living, like you, you, you do things you go out and you do things and you do your best and you're positive and uh, you know you get after it the best possible way you can and then you look around and you notice that the people around you are doing the same thing. It's inspiring, you know. I'm only here because, uh, you know, there's there have been so many positive influences in my life that have uh, motivated me to do the things that I that I've done and it's only because there are people that are just absolutely insanely epic with the things that they do whether it be their professional lives or endurance or, you know, through the MMA world or anything, you know, there are people that, that, that just smash it. They just get after it. And then they are so open and willing to share how they did it. Like I, I've always, I've always believed in paying it forward. And those are the people that make me want to live a life worth living.
1: Wow.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with us today. And um, you're incredibly inspiring to listen to. And uh, I'm looking forward to following you and watching you and having you come back and, and hear more about uh, what's going on with you and your legacy uh, Ironman and your Kona trip when you get to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Got him. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Like it's, it's been great talking to you guys and actually finally meeting you guys. Yeah, I'll shoot you a, a follow over as well on on Instagram. Yeah, like uh another thing I'd like to add too is I had uh, you know, a couple of friends they were like, dude, your your posts have, have done this for me, or your posts have gotten me past this one thing, or made me get out and go for a run, or made me go out and go for a ride. And they're like, Thank you and I you know, I, I I'm I'm grateful for the fact that like I if I can share a little slice of my life with people and it can motivate people to do something positive with their lives like that that makes me feel great. Um but I'm I'm just mostly doing it as like a it's 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 a diary for my son. You know, I want I want Enzo to know that he can look back and you know see these things I'm sharing with the world and say, "Oh, that's that's who my dad was or is." You know, I want him to know like that you don't have to let the hard things win. like life is hard, but it doesn't mean that we have to be soft about it. You know, we could still open up and uh, you know approach things from a place of love and you know get through it. We don't have to let like we don't have to let the bad the bad guys win. exactly yeah
1: indeed yeah thank you so much brian it's been uh it's been amazing actually it's been uh well it's been officially an hour and a half podcast which is
2: uh
0: <laughs> yeah but it
1: hasn't i uh, haven't failed it and it's like we're so so fun and inspiring to talk to you like uh um, it's just like oh wow it's re- is it really like nine o'clock here like 9 wow
0: <laughs> hey yeah. thank you guys for accommodating to my schedule i mean you know we're all busy we all have our lives i'm i'm grateful that you guys actually, you know, chose me to be on this, I feel feel honored to to be able to be, uh, you know, part of this this group. And what you guys are doing is is absolutely amazing. Going through your guys's posts and seeing seeing everybody's stories of how they how they persevere and how they uh, just their their lives from everything from something like a, a a small way of getting in shape or to doing it for different foundations or funds or you know, trying to be a pro or you know, all these people's stories in humans of triathlon are so inspiring. Like it's this is this is why this sport is so amazing. It's because it's it reveals the human element. It reveals that that, you know, as humans we're we're always gonna try to be better. And I love it. It's great. And what you guys are doing, like you guys are, are are executing that. Whenever you guys make a post, so thank you guys for all this work that you guys have done. It's it's super inspiring.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, thing is, uh, Swap Neil is the one who deserves all the all the credit from the brand and everything that uh, that he does. I mean, he has built this from scratch and it's, uh, it's amazing, definitely. So yeah, kudos I'll, to him.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we'll we'll all race in uh, Antarctica pretty soon, right? WTC get on that.
1: Yeah,
2: it's summer Yeah, summer in
0: Antarctica
1: (laughs) (laughs) Indeed Yeah All right. so uh, thank you very much listeners For staying all the way If you have stayed all the way until the end of this uh, podcast Thank you very much And uh, we hope to come back next week With uh, more amazing stories of humans of triathlon And uh, like the good old Looney Tunes used to say (laughs) That's all folks hello and we're back with the triple c c cube community comments with charles finally your hot podcast reviews revealed to the world so this week we have the following humans of triathlon they are just like us the hot podcast shows that the sport of triathlon is a truly global phenomenon and that the experiences we have as athletes are simultaneously universal and highly personal Tales of hardship turn to triumph, passion, feeling, performance, and how the sport transforms lives are the tune of the day in each episode. It is incredibly authentic, and while not raising the bar in production values, the hostess use technology to span three continents, 12 time zones, and bring on guests from around the world to have completely genuine conversations about the sport we all love. I highly recommend giving it a listen especially if you follow anyone on Try instagram. So thank you very much for this review this comes from uh, Martin Boat who is an American uh, Dutch triathlete and you can find him on instagram on uh, torque dork. He's also raising funds for a very important charity as he is attempting to run Ironman Florida later this year. So guys remember please send us re- your reviews Did you like something? Did you miss something? Anything you want to point out? Next week, we could share your review here. And yes, we are on Facebook, on Instagram, on Strava, on our website, humansoftriathlon.com, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes. And until next week, hasta la vista, baby.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for being a part of this Humans of Triathlon community. Hope you're enjoying the show and the other content. Make sure to join us again next week here on the Hot Podcast, where we'll bring you another amazing guest and story from this audrey but extra audrey world of triathlon. Until then, everyone, keep trying.